Welcome to Ottawa Valley Community Church, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share His love. I want to speak this morning for a few moments on this journey that we find ourselves on as along the road of life. I want to talk this morning about forward focus for 2023. Now, I personally don't believe in New Year's resolutions. You know, it's, it's almost pointless. I, did make, I do make an old year's resolution, the last day of the old year, that I'm not going to eat any fruitcake till next year. And it works every time. And so today, actually, we're getting to have another Christmas dinner because we weren't all together. We're used to being all together for Christmas dinner. And Diana and Owen couldn't be with us, so we're having a good newfie scoff with a turkey. My wife just snunk out because she's thinking home to put the turkey and get things ready to get things going for supper tonight. And so we're looking forward to that. But forward focus. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 <clears throat> says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, we said that we're a bit low-key this morning. <clears throat> so I'm going to pass along some wisdom that I've gleaned from 2020 this morning, before 22, before I give you my message today. Some advice to help you make 2023 a little bit sweeter. I've got a cue, a really good way of saving money for an holiday. All right? And the amazing thing is this. If you sleep until lunchtime, you can save the breakfast money. You get it? Yeah. And uh, I told Owen, Owen is coming into his teenage years and... Uh, I said, I'm coming into my senior teenage years. And I don't know why it is that the bed has 10 times more gravity in the morning than it does when we go to bed. I don't know why, but anyway. Uh, one of my favorite exercises, this is much better than going on a keto diet. You know, you get an exercise program. And one of my favorite is a crossover between lunge and a crunch. We call it lunch. All right? So that's one of my favorite exercises. And uh, someone told me it's good to go jogging. But then I read in my Bible, then Proverbs, it says, the wicked run when no one is chasing them. So, so much for that. That's off the plate. I won't be doing that one for this year. So uh, instead of that, I got another good idea. And this, this was really neat. Uh, instead of calling my washroom John, Right? You've heard that name many times. Where is he? He's gone to the John. Well, I'm calling mine Jim instead of John because then I could say uh, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I go to the gym. Right? So that works for me really good. <clears throat> now, this is another good one. Wouldn't it be so amazing if you could put yourselves in the dryer for a short time and come out uh, wrinkle-free and uh, a few sizes smaller. Wouldn't that be awesome? But that don't work for us. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to quit this 
and get into the serious stuff, but I have one more thing to tell you. I'm going to give you some marriage advice. Uh, I don't know if we've got anybody in the audience this morning, some of these that are getting married soon, but maybe they'll listen online and they'll hear this. And some of you that have been married, you know this is an actual fact. And some of you that haven't been married very long, you will discover it. Uh, virtually all problems in any relationship are psychological. All problems are psychological. You see, in a relationship, one person is the, is the psycho and the other is the logical. Right? I mean, you take Pastor Aaron and Anna. Now, we know which one is logical and which one is psycho, right? And she don't like that one. I'm looking over here at Amber and her husband, and, you know, uh, it's the opposite here. It seems that the female comes into the second, first part instead of the, <coughs> the psycho part. In ours, I know you're trying to figure out which one is the psycho and which one is the logical one, right? You're trying to figure that one out. So I better put my phone away and get down to some serious business here. And uh, so we are looking at Forward Focus 2023 and uh, wisdom. Oh, oh, by the way, the age that we live in is not very helpful. This is rather confusing because which way do we go? In the political correct world that we live in, very confusing, isn't it? You know, they, people come up with all kinds of ideas that contradict the normal fashion. So I said to Owen this morning, he was looking at me as I was briefing through my PowerPoint to make sure I had it in order. And I said, which way are they going? He said, that way. I said, well, actually, look at it again. And well, but all the arrows are pointing that way, but the big arrow is pointing that way. And so it gets very confusing. And so instead of using my logic... <clears throat> And instead of using the logic of this world, aren't you glad that we can do it God's way? Yeah. I love the songs that Diana started off with there this morning. And uh, uh, running, uh, he's running after me. He's there for me. He's been with me all of my life. It's been amazing. Pastor Aaron spoke of Jesus as king at our Christmas Eve Eve service. But note he didn't say Jesus is a king. You know, he didn't say there. He talked about kings, and then there is Jesus. He's another king. But he said Jesus is king. He is to be our king. We are to follow him. That means my king, or is he really king? My advice to you in 2023, as I go through this this morning, if we would let Jesus be king. Have you seen the cartoon online where you have Jesus sitting in the passenger seat looking at the driver and said, you know, one time you used to let me drive? Right? Have you seen that? Well, that's what we've done. We put Jesus in the passenger seat and we wonder why we're not successful sometimes and we wonder why we're not having some of, or we're having some of the problems that we have. Romans 10 and 9, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Savior, it's not what it says. He is our Savior, but He is also our Lord, if Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Peterson paraphrased it this way. Say the welcoming word to God. Jesus is my master. Say it again. Now, Jesus is my master. He's my master. 
is over me. And that word master or that word Lord comes from the Greek word, uh, the Greek word kurios, uh, which means supreme in authority. That is, as a, as a noun, you like that word? Controller. You know, you heard someone say, you know, my wife is a controller. Or someone else said, you know, my husband, he's just a controller. It's got to go his way all the time. Well, Jesus is our master. He is in control. Then I ask myself, or is he? It's easy to declare it, but it's a challenge to actually live it. We make 2023 different. Uh, what we get started off on our right foot. The question before us today, as we contemplate, is being in control, is do we trust him? Hmm. Can we trust him? Our journey is a journey of faith. And faith in, uh, involves risk. It involves risk. To go by faith is risk. How many of you have ever really taken a huge step of faith that was very risky, but God said do it, and you did it, and you saw God come through for you? I'm sure you have. There have been times in my life that it was a huge risk, but I knew that God was in it. When Diana and Owen were in uh, Malawi for that season, uh, they went to a church, and uh, Pastor Humphreys, uh, the pastor of the church that they attended, put a quote online the other day, and it resonated with me. And the quote goes something like this, God is in control, but he's not controlling. There is a difference. God is in control, but he's not some freak out there who's, you know, who, who, who just desires to be a controlling God. That's not what it's about. Uh, as, as I thought about that, re- I thought about the difference between religion and a relationship. Religion is controlling. I was going to entitle my sermon, I Hate Religion, and Jesus does too. That's the title I was going to put up, but I kind of changed my focus a bit as I was going through this. Religion versus a relationship. Religion is controlling. You look at all the religions of the world. There's some 4,000 of them. They come under, I think, like nine headings of main religious groups. Uh, But 4,000 of them, you look at the religions of the world, and they were designed to totally control its people. Designed to control you. That's what religion does. There is no relationship, but simply a system of rituals to give a man or men or women control over a group of followers. So that's religion. But what about Christianity? Is Christianity, we separate it from the rest. But is Christianity not sometimes wrapped in rituals? Legalism? Any different? How many of you, 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 you don't mind admitting this, that you grew up, uh, us older people, we remember these days, you grew up under a legalistic system. Hmm? You think about that. Legalism. Now, I'm so grateful that my parents never, ever got on that 
you know, that uh, bent of being legalistic. And they were always uh, uh, saw through it. And we weren't brought up to be that way. We never were. But yet we had to buy into it and we had to practice it. Uh, you know, women didn't wear skirts. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, slacks. They had to wear skirts, right? I remember go, uh, driving through a community to get to one of my churches when I was in Newfoundland and seeing little girls out playing in the snow and sliding on whatever with skirts on because it was a sin to wear a pair of slacks. Freezing to death while the boys were there with skidoo suits on. Snow suits. Crazy. Legalism. That's why William Tyndall and Martin Luther lost their lives. They fought against the religious system of those who wanted to control their people. William Tyndall, when he interpreted the first English Bible, he didn't use the word church, but he used the actual right interpretation, which was ecclesia, but it meant that no longer can man control you, but you're under the control of heaven and God. And the church rose up against it along with the king and actually took him out and killed him. Because he would not change the word ecclesia to church, which was a religious system. That's not what Jesus meant. You remember Martin Luther when he nailed the thesis to the door of grace, were saved by grace and not by works. What did they do to him? He was a threat against the religious system of control, so therefore they killed him. But man's control was not God's intent. God did not intend for us to be controlling. What Jesus birthed, I'm talking about his church, when he birthed his church, the ecclesia, what Jesus birthed was created for the purpose of relationship and not religion. And what Diana sang about this morning was not about a religious system, but it was about a relationship with a God. And he has never let me down. He is, uh, I'm trying to think of one of the lines there. He's never abandoned me. He's never left me. We're in an awesome relationship. But man's control wasn't God's intent. So, and it was the, the problem for Jesus was it removed the control factor from man as Jesus issued his plan. No longer would the religious Pharisees and the religious rulers rule people and control them for their benefit. But we're talking about a God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross not so that you and I can come under a religious system, but that you and I can have a personal relationship with God Himself. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had an awesome relationship. Did you read it in your Bible where it says, and God you know, daily came walking in the garden with them? Hmm? Have you ever had God walk with you? Well, not in the sense that He did in the garden, because they had a... They, they had a a body that could handle the actual presence of God. It was when sin came that they no longer could associate with God in that personal fashion. Legalism suppresses us and is a system of control. We have been there. I remember a story, uh, one of my uh, 
one of my profs in Bible college told us per, a personal story of why his sister, he can no longer ever talk to her about having a relationship with Christ. She don't want to hear about it. You know why? She grew up in a small city, and uh, she became friends with the pastor's daughter. This is years ago became friends with the pastor's daughter, and it was one of these cold, frigid nights of minus 30, feels like minus 40, and she was going out somewhere with the pastor's daughter. They were going to be hanging out for the night, so she had to go to their house, and she knocked on the door, and the pastor answered the door and looked at her, On, so you had to stay out on the stip. And you had to wait for her for 30 minutes in the frigid freezing because she was wearing slacks. It was legalism. And so therefore, if you try to, he said, if I try to talk to her about God, she says, I want nothing to do with a God like that. Amen? That's what a legalism does. But you know what grace does? Grace liberates us from all bondage of sin and of man's control system. Totally. That's what grace does. Amen? So in Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9, it says here, For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in Him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. No religious system, nothing that we could bow to. For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So, now, so no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. I remember when my mentor, one of my pastors told about when he pastored in St. John's, Newfoundland, he got a call from the hospital and this lady was dying. She wanted to see a preacher and the only one they could find was a Pentecostal. And he came in and he visited with her and he, he asked her, you know, about being ready to go to be with Jesus. And she said, well, I've done a lot of good things. I really, I have been good. She's talking about following a system of goodness to qualify for God. And he looked at her, but he said, how do you know if you've done enough? And she looked at him with sorrow in her eyes and said, that's why I'm afraid that I haven't done enough. He told her about God's grace and had the opportunity to lead her to Christ at that moment. You see, what legalism does, uh, what a religious system does, it offers grace plus. You're saved by grace, but you've got to do all these things to be a Christian. We don't do them to be a Christian. We're already a Christian. We do it because we are a Christian. I want to honor Him. I want to please Him. He's my Lord. But he's not a controlling God. But he is a God who's in control, and I do all this for him. So people got this idea of grace plus, and I said, no way. It's grace and grace alone. Amen? I'm saved by grace this morning. You see, I wasn't raised in a perfect family. I wasn't a perfect kid uh, and whatever. And some of you were real rascals. 
And when you came to Jesus, he didn't say, no, these are all the things. This is the list of things that you have to do. Yeah, you come and you ask me to take away your sin, but you're still not quite ready. You've got to do all these things, and maybe someday you just might do enough. It's not like that, but you and I are saved by grace. So what we have today is an opportunity to allow 2023 to be strictly written in the ink of grace. Every day of this year, I want you to picture a book with 365 blank pages. That's what's before us. We don't know exactly what is all going to involve, but we have that book. And so today we have page number one. For 2023, could you write your story this morning? Or would you write your story? I'd encourage you, if you're watching online and you've been going through this religious ritual system trying to satisfy God, that's not what Jesus had in mind. And that's why the Pharisees didn't like what he offered because he offered grace alone. Saved by grace. And what he was doing, he was actually a threat to their system. Because they said, if you want to meet God, you do everything that I tell you. And it's amazing, you know, what some of them did over the years. I know in places, I'm not kidding, in Outport, Newfoundland, if someone didn't listen to the priest, you better listen to me or I'll turn you into a goat. And they thought he could turn them into a goat. Isn't that something? You know, to control people. But it's by grace. So we're going to take a look at what 2023 will look like depending on who writes the story. And I hope by the end that you will have a desire to write your story. To not let others influence you. And write it with the pen and the ink of grace. So there are three options that are before you. You can write it based on when others are in control of your life. Other people controlling you. If we let our past dictate how we live, we're allowing it to write 2023 for us. And that's not what God had in mind. When God saved you by grace, God made you, He qualified you to go to be with Jesus at any time. And you're ready to go. I remember you going through some pretty horrendous air turbulence one time, traveling back to Canada on an airplane. And, you know, some people were scared and afraid, and I didn't have a ounce of fear. I didn't know if we're going to go, you know, we keep going forward, or if eventually we're going to go down. But there wasn't an ounce of fear. Why? Because I'm saved by grace. I might have been a rascal that day before I even got to the airport. I might have done something wrong. I might have made a mistake. And God didn't say, Hey, come out. He's not qualified, but I'm saved by grace. So if you allow your past to write your story, it could mean other people who have dominated you and, and trying to form you into an image that they want you to be. Let it go this morning. It could mean other factors that control us, that cripple us. Our past and things that have happened and things that have been done to us and things that we have done that restrict us and hold us back from being who God designed us to be and whom we dream of becoming, but we always fall short. Another year goes by and, oh, wow, 2022, I didn't succeed again. I failed. 
I didn't make it. No, let all of that go with nobody controlling circumstances from our past. One of my favorite scriptures, especially through my teen years that were very difficult, and my childhood was, I stood on this verse, it became my favorite all of my life. And it's in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, forgetting the past, no, no, this is not it, I'm coming to that in a moment. Forgetting the past, Paul said, and looking forward to what lies ahead, I'm going to put it behind me. I am going to forget everything from the past. And not the psalmist said, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. This is, be, this is before the day of the Lexus where you could have a nap while your car drives for you, right? This was long before that. This was long before the days of the tanks and whatever else in warfare. And Psalm 20 and 7 from the Passion Translation makes that very clear. Some find their strength in the weapons and wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord, our God, who makes us strong and gives us victory when we trust in God. Forward, focus, 2023. Now when Pastor Aaron talked in our last service we were together about God being king, all right, when he talked about it, he said that, you know, uh, he spoke of boundaries that God puts in place for us sometimes. Not because he's a controlling God. How many of you, have, you know, when you were raising your children, you put boundaries in place? Did you do it because you were a freak? And you had, I mean, some parents are like that, you know. Uh, you got to do everything their way. They, they're totally controlling. It wasn't because of that. You put boundaries because you knew that they're not mature enough, they're not at an age where they can handle this, so therefore they need to be careful, or you're, something's going to happen to you, you're going to die. You know, you know uh, picture little, little Wes running around and, uh, 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 on the edge of a cliff, although my parents let us do it. They had 11 kids, maybe they were hoping they were going to lose one at least. You know, listen, listen to burden, right? I mean, we would go, uh, in September month is partridge berry picking season. Partridge berries grows on big mountains with straight drops, and they grow about that only that tall off the rock. It's, it's so bare, but just enough so soil. And so in September, and I remember Dad and Mom taking us all lab of us in the boat, and we would go out and we would climb this humongous mountain, and they would let us play all day while they picked partridge berries. And we were running. I mean, it was like a 500-foot drop right over the hedge. We would run right to the edge. We do all kinds of things. I would never let my girls do what we, my parents let me do. Man, that's freaky. And not one of never lost one of us. Boundaries. They're there for a reason. They are not to satisfy the control factor of a controlling God, but putting God in control because He knows what is best for our benefit. Phantom this. We live in an amazing age with so much superior, superior wisdom, so easily accessible for us. I don't need to ask God. I just need to say, I've got to be careful now because my phone is there and my watch is there and you've got your watches on and you've got your phone and uh, they just might speak. You know, that's the age we live in. Hi, right, Siri, uh, is it a good idea, you know, to do this? 
or uh, Alexa, whatever you got, right? We have so many resources. There is so much earthly knowledge and wisdom out there today. Didn't the Bible say in the last days knowledge would increase? And now they say like almost daily it doubles. There's just so much knowledge out there. We have so many resources that we can turn to. But also with these resources can be used to con you and to do you in. After all, we now have computers. At, get this one. You talk about something backfiring on you. All right? We have lived to see the age when computers ask us to prove if we're a robot or not before they'll let us do anything. That's where we are. It's amazing. Whoa. So as you and I face tomorrow, 2023, my prayer for all of us, including me, let's let God be in control. Amen? Let's give Him His rightful place. We can trust Him. You know why I can trust Him? If I go to Siri, and I say, Siri, you know, I plan on doing a certain thing and, uh, at a certain time. Can you tell me if it's going to be a, you know, is that a good thing to do at that time or is it going to be a bad thing or should I bow out and do it differently? And Siri is going to come on and say, you're talking about six months down the road. I haven't got a clue. I'm a no better than the weatherman. Right? But you know what? This is the amazing thing about God. It's, you know, over the years, my, my girls sometimes would ask advice on something. And I'd say to myself, but I have one click or clue what it's going to be like by that time. Because I can't tell the future. But you know what? I have a God who knows everything about us. Past and forward. Amen? Isn't that amazing? That God can actually look forward God knows exactly when I'm going to die. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping I'm going to live a few more years. I don't mind it in 80 or 90. Dinah's there saying, oh no. <laughs> 80 or 90. I, but I don't know. The Bible says we do not know what tomorrow will bring. Don't boast about tomorrow. You don't know what it will bring. But God knows. So if we come before God and we ask God for His wisdom, do you know that God knows everything that's coming ahead of us? Isn't that awesome knowledge? Siri can't do that. There's no human being that could do that. They tell you they can. You know, you, you, you do this uh, seance and... Woo! Was that telling, something telling me? The battery is low on your computer. Oh, I had that is weird. Close. That was my computer shutting down on me. About to. I have no idea why that didn't work. It's not in. See? Knowledge. She'll increase, but not mine. <laughs> Where am I? Okay. I I'm on the last page. Toby Mac, a couple of days ago, kind of sparked a little more from my sermon as I was preparing where to go. I actually struggled with this sermon. 
Toby Mack uh, put on a quote by Brad Paisley. He said, tomorrow, which is today, all right? He said, oh, I don't even have it on there. Tomorrow, wait now, I'm ahead of myself. Tomorrow is, as will be the first blank page, a 365-page book. Write a good one. Good advice. Amen? 2023 before us, write a good one. Let God be in control. Follow His direction. You have the first page of 365 for 2023. Yes, it's a blank page right now. But now the question is, as Diana and the team comes back, who's going to dictate to you what goes written on this page and the remaining one? Is it going to be others? You're going to allow others to influence you? Or other circumstances, your past, to cripple you? Or are you going to be in charge? Or is it going to be God? I can guarantee you, if you want to read at the end of 2023, the best book that was ever written, you let God be in charge, and you will have a winner. You really will. 1 Corinthians 1 and 25, the foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is Lord. Let's stand together this morning. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Community Church, visit ovchurch.ca.